The time is 9 o'clock. You're listening to CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick. Hello and welcome to Tantramar Report on CHMA 106.9 FM and chmafm.com. We're broadcasting from Sackville, New Brunswick, the heart of the Maritimes, on the traditional and unceded lands of the Mi'kmaq people. I'm Erica Butler. It's Thursday, September 21st. On today's show... It's not aliens, it's not someone in a stolen vehicle or someone stuck in the marsh, it's us in the airboat, so. That's Al Hansen of the Canadian Wildlife Service in Sackville talking about the curiosity his team sometimes stirs up with their bird banding operation, which happens on the darkest nights of late summer in an airboat whose sound travels far across the marshy waters it operates in. We'll hear more about Hansen's operation coming up shortly, but first some news and information briefs. The Sackville Citizens Band has spent the summer getting back into gear and will be performing tonight at the bandstand at Bill Johnstone Memorial Park in downtown Sackville. The show is part of the Sackville Fall Fair, which kicked off last night at Convocation Hall and continues through the weekend. Saturday's Music in the Park has been relocated down the street to the main tent for the event, which will be set up in the parking lot beside Goya's Pizza. A group that holds nightly protests at the Nova Scotia border are calling for a convoy to the so-called Worldwide Freedom Rally that has been announced for downtown Sackville on Saturday during the fall fair. Nova Scotia organizer Tasha Everett has asked people to gather at the Amherst Centre Mall on Saturday at noon for a convoy across the border, ending up on Main Street in Sackville. CHMA was unable to find a local organizer for the so-called Worldwide Freedom Rally, which has posted rally announcements for dozens of cities and towns around the world. Ever since Anthony Maddalena expanded Bagtown Brewery to encompass the space formerly occupied by SIP and before that Pie by Crow, he's been planning to bring food into the mix. That vision is finally becoming a reality with the debut of Snackville this Friday during the fall fair. But the Snackville Kitchen will not be a typical restaurant. First of all, the kitchen will be open sporadically in the beginning. Madalena is relying on customers to pay attention to the restaurant's Instagram for the latest goings-on. And secondly, there will be a rotating cast of chefs. Um, and the whole idea with Snackville is that you'll find uh, different vendors coming in and using the kitchen um, and using the space to produce different uh, tasty eats. Um, some things, you know, might be more elaborate than others. Things might be, you know, wholesome, you know, comfort food and other things might be uh, a new spin on uh, some classics. So that's sort of the idea. You'll find us doing some in-house things, um, but we'll try to rotate through different vendors uh, week to week, month to month. And yeah. This Friday will feature tacos crafted by local foodie John Wolf, and Madalena is currently putting together a list of future vendors for the space. I've been going to the farmer's market and collecting all the business cards I can from uh, some of our local food vendors. Um, so I'll be having some more conversations with some of those folks in the coming weeks and seeing if they have any interest in coming up and, uh, you know, sort of offering up similar stuff to what they offer at the farmer's market or maybe trying out something different. Um, there's lots of folks around town who have been involved in, you know, the different restaurants, you know, in the past or, you know, have current restaurant experience and, you know, have expressed interest in wanting to come in and, and do sort of their own thing and just try something out, you know, that might be just... A change of pace just for one night. Um, yeah, so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see who we get in here. Snackville's debut chef is actually the inspiration for the name. John Wolf and his partner Sahitya Pendurthi got married in late 2022, 
and friends visiting for the event enjoyed his cooking so much that they added a pin in Google Maps labeling the couple's home on York Street, Snackville. I didn't even notice till like two weeks later. Uh, we had mentioned it in passing to Tony, and I think back in May, maybe June, Tony had actually asked us if he could just use the name for it, which, I mean, we had to say yes. Uh, it just seemed really fitting to see a joke come into something that was, you know, real life. It was, it was perfect. As soon as I heard that story and heard about Snackville, I was like, get out of here. That's perfect. You know, Bagtown, Snackville. Yeah, it just fit. So that was a no-brainer. As for what's on the menu for Friday's first official Snackville? Yeah, uh, we're going to be doing uh, street-style tacos this weekend. We've got some beef cheek barbacoa. Uh, we've got some pork carnitas, some fresh-pressed corn tortillas. So, uh, yeah, come on out. We're really excited to sling some tacos on Friday. Snackville is located inside Bagtown Brewing Company at 45 Main Street in Sackville. Now for today's feature interview. You'd never know it by passing down Main Street or walking through the Waterfowl Park, but nestled in between the two, just off Waterfowl Lane, is the regional office for the Canadian Wildlife Service. That's where we found Al Hansen and his crew one day last week, cleaning and preparing their airboat to head out on another round of bird banding in the marshy wetlands of the region. I was curious about Hansen's operation because of stories I'd read online about late-night noisy operations in wetlands. So I dropped by last week to find out more. So hi, I'm Al Hansen. I'm head of the Aquatic Assessment Unit here at the Canadian Wildlife Service in Sackville, New Brunswick. And our group's responsible for waterfowl management in Atlantic Canada. So that includes doing surveys, banding, which we're doing now, as well as setting hunting regulations. Okay, and so you're doing banding right now. So what, I mean, I have a sense of what that is, but explain exactly what that is. So banding is we capture the duck and we put a metal ring, aluminum uh, band or ring around their leg. And that um, band contains a very a unique number sequence that identifies that bird. So we capture the bird, we put a band on it and we identify this uh, species the sex and the age and then that goes into a an international database and then when a hunter uh, harvests that bird they'll report the band and so we get an idea of what we call direct recovery which is the number of birds that are harvested in that first season and then we also get information on long-term survival etc and the other way that we can use that information if we recapture the bird so sometimes we're out banding and we'll catch a bird that was banded four or five years earlier and with improved optics, some bird watchers can actually read the number on a band and report it that way. So um, it just gives us, a, it's basically a social insurance number for a duck. Wow. Okay. And how many, how many social insurance numbers for ducks are there in existence right now? Do we know? Hundreds of thousands. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. So it's a, um, so the Canadian Wildlife Service, we're uh, part of the Federal Department of Environment, so Environment and Climate Change Canada. And waterfowl are called a migratory game bird because they travel between Canada, the U.S., and Mexico and other countries. So um, that's why throughout North America and elsewhere we do banding so we can keep track of these birds as they migrate. And um, we establish harvest regulations and population management based on a continental scale. So um, the work we're doing here in Atlantic region is also being conducted across Canada by the Canadian Wildlife Service as well as in the United States by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. And the database is all shared. And the database is shared. Um, and it's interesting, too, I'm getting older, and uh, the change with technology. Previously, if people harvested a bird, they would have 
there was a little number to call on the band and then they would call in and report the band number and then they would be mailed a certificate saying when and where that bird was banded and how old it was when it was banded and now with technology people are out in their hunting blind on opening day and they shoot a banded bird and then they're on their phone and so that information can be back in their hands within a matter of minutes. Can you talk about like what are some of the practical uses like what what good has come from like the information we know about wild bird populations in North America? So ducks and geese and other uh, game birds are harvested so we actually use this information in population management models so um, the seasons are based on harvest rates so this is very much information from um, these banded birds and the returns on them go into our um, status reports and those status reports are the basis for our regulations here in Canada. So that would determine say how long the season would be any given year? Yeah so we have a number of parameters that we can uh, influence with regard to the hunting season or hunting in general. Um, So there's just general rules around the types of of equipment you can use so you know in keeping with not uh, hunting in an ethical method manner um, and not unnecessarily wounding birds um, and having you know the fair chase uh, concept Um, but the other things we can control are the dates of the hunting season so you know um, in northern latitudes the season may start on september 1st versus here in new brunswick it's october 1st Um, the length of the season so does the season go um, until december 1st december 15th and that will influence the total harvest and then something called the bag limit which is how many birds you could harvest per day Um, so we have different regulations you know Um, the total number of ducks you could harvest on a given day are six, but perhaps only three of those could be black ducks. So all of this information from banding and band returns um, plays into that, and um, they go into very uh, elegant statistical models that incorporates um, all of this banding information. And I guess that's the point that I'd really like to emphasize if I have the opportunity. is really important for hunters to report those bands because, you know, we go all through all the work and expense of putting the band out, but unless we get hunters to report back on when they've harvested that bird, we don't have that part of the equation, so it's a wasted band. Do you, whereabouts do you take this boat? What, well, what is this boat? Explain okay. this boat here. Yeah, so we're using an airboat to capture ducks. Uh, we also use what we call bait traps, where we put corn out, and the duck basically swims into a trap and can't find its way out. Um, so right now we're running bait traps, as well as using the airboat. Um, the airboat, it's, um, it's basically a big flat bottom boat with uh, a propeller at the back and a V6 Corvette engine, or Corvette engine. So if you've ever watched Swamp People or any of that and seen airboats, that's exactly uh, the type of boat we're using. This was built in um, Florida. Um, it's a large engined boat with a big propeller on the back and it's not that we need to go fast to catch ducks we just need to be able to push our way through vegetation in two or three inches of water Um, so we're basically just going slightly faster than a walk through the marsh at most times um, and we're going at night so the moon ideal conditions are no moon no moonlight and after sunset and Uh, We have uh, a large light bar at the front and then we have the driver with a spotlight and it's so dark that the birds hopefully will freeze and not swim away quickly or fly away and we have a long handled dip net. The handle's like three feet 
long like you use for landing a salmon and the hoops about uh, two feet in diameter and we just basically scoop the bird up and uh, put them in the holding bins and then when we're uh, the holding bins are full we come back to shore and we put a band on them um, I would also mention that um, for your listeners that each uh, species takes a different size band so uh, a green-winged teal which is a small little duck will take a size four versus a mallard duck takes a size seven so um, we're there and the the bands are, are they, they open up and you just um, crimp them around the duck's leg and make sure that it, it uh, rotates freely and we release the bird um, you know within you know once we start banding within a minute or so and they're released unharmed and away they go all right so whereabouts do you you know when you take this airboat out whereabouts are you taking it yeah so we're using the airboat in wetlands that are relatively large they have vegetation so that the ducks can hide in it if it's a large open water wetland uh, if we put the boat on it, oftentimes they'll just fly away. But if it's got vegetation, the duck will say, okay, I'm going to hide in this vegetation. There's a noise out there. I don't know what it is, but I'll hide here and I'll be safe. So that's why um, we go into those wetlands. And so we're basing the airboat operations out of here in Sackville. So we're going over to Dorchester. We went down to Wallace last night. Um, sometimes we'll go to PEI. So probably... Um, 12 to 15 wetlands about an hour or two drive from the Sackville office and um, you know we try to inform local uh, communities and police and people that were out with the airboat um, because it's it's a different noise that most people are accustomed to at night so often we've had people show up going oh it's you guys in an airboat we thought there was a truck down here stuck in the wetland so um, we're constant, and thanks for the opportunity, just trying to let people know, no, um, it's not aliens, it's not <laughs> someone in a stolen vehicle, or someone stuck in the marsh, it's us in the airboat, so. It's a little strange because it happens at night, as you say. Yeah, it happens at night, and with the engine noise and the propeller, it does make a noise, and it's surprising how far that uh, noise will travel over open areas, so, you know, around Dorchester and Sackville, we have the marshland, so we'll be on a wetland four or five miles from someone's house, and they can hear it like we're in their backyard, so they're curious what's going on, and um, they'll oftentimes, some people will take the effort to come and drive down and see what's going on, and then we have to explain to them what we're doing, and most people are fine with it, and, and mostly interested in, in this operation and to see an airboat. That's Al Hansen, head of the Aquatic Assessment Unit at the Canadian Wildlife Service office in Sackville, part of the group responsible for waterfowl management in Atlantic Canada. Hansen said the program wraps up this week before the moon returns to light up the night sky and well before hunting season begins on October 1st. That's it for Tanchamar Report for this Thursday, September 21st. Thanks to the local donors who support the station and the local journalism initiative for funding local news reporting throughout Canada. Get in touch with CHMA News anytime at news at chmafm.com. I'm Erica Butler. Thanks for listening. My name is Melinda, and you are listening to CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick.
Are you over 50, retired, and thinking about returning to the workforce? The Retiree Employment Agency is a free service that connects retirees with short-term employment opportunities that are less than 52 consecutive weeks of part-time or full-time work. This service has the objective of bringing retirees and employers together. With the help of the agency, retirees can put their experience to use or try something new, all the while helping employers address gaps in the labor market. For more information, contact Sherry McLeod at 506-777-2268. That's 506-777-2268. The hilarious ventriloquist Norma McKnight will be performing at the Sackville Legion on Saturday, September 23rd at 8 p.m. This is an adult show and is not suitable for children. Tickets are $25 and are available at the Sackville Legion. For more information, call 506-364-9900 or visit the Legion's Facebook page at the Sackville Legion. Oh, so sweet. 
All your little problems clearing down But you don't even know and you can't even see And oh, the butterfly that you're gonna be And all oh, the butterfly that you are becoming Gray eyes stay white. Fall into bed, turn out the light. Fall asleep inside. You're the one. You're the one. You're the one. And hearts grow into hearts until hearts become one. But you're My name is Caitlin, and you're listening to CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick. 
にちは小林若菜ですお聞きの朝のラジオショーはサックビルニューブランズウィック CHMA106.9FM です
But I would rather be burning My feet down in the dust I feel the fire returning Oh, it doesn't take much Baby, I was stuck in stalling Was about to hit the wall When I heard the call saying Go, 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 go 